You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You are listening to the Houndsman XP Podcast, Memorial Day 2022. We will skip the normal fanfare, the introductions, the advertisements to celebrate and remember those who have given their lives for our freedoms in the United States of America. Since the birth of this great nation, almost 1.5 million service members have given their lives and upheld the creed, duty, honor, country. Each one was an ordinary citizen who answered a call, a call of duty. They swore an oath and they died fulfilling it. Memorial Day was originally called Decorations Day. And while this is not a history lesson on Memorial Day itself, it is important to understand why we gather on Memorial Day, why we observe this day of honor, of sacrifice. The birthplace of Memorial Day is Waterloo, New York, which first celebrated the day on May 5th, 1866. The city of Waterloo had a community-wide event where businesses closed and the residents decorated the graves of soldiers with flowers and flags. On May 5, 1868, General John A. Logan, leader of an organization for Northern Civil War veterans, called for a nationwide day of remembrance later that month. Quoting General Logan, The 30th of May, 1868, is designated for the purpose of strewing with flowers or otherwise decorating the graves of comrades who died in defense of their country during the late rebellion and whose bodies now lie in almost every city, village, and hamlet, churchyard in the land. For more than 100 years, the United States celebrated Decoration Day on the 30th of May. In 1971, Congress designated the last Monday in May to be observed as Memorial Day, and that is when it changed from Decoration Day to Memorial Day. But what is it really about, and how does it apply to us, especially on a podcast about hounds? Well, I would like to answer that question. For 246 years, the United States of America has served as a bastion for freedom, an example that has been held up for all the world to see. It is in our fabric. It is in our DNA. It is written into our Constitution. It is what we live by, and it's what our military members have died for. Freedom is our birthright. We don't buy our fuel from the government-run gas station. We don't buy our food from the government-run grocery store. We don't have to show our papers when we cross the state line. We have the freedom to run our hounds because of the sacrifices of our American patriots. Patriots of every color, creed, and religion stood tall and took an oath, and then they picked up their rifle and they traveled across the globe to ensure that oppressed people could enjoy freedom. And in the process, 1.5 million of them have died. They weren't fighting for governments. They weren't fighting for the 
politicians and the bureaucrats, they weren't fighting for their commanding generals. They were fighting for an idea, an idea that we can all be free, free from oppression, free from the constant threat of death or injury, freedom to prosper and raise our families and enjoy a peaceful life. With that freedom that we celebrate today and those lives that we commemorate and memorialize, we must not forget the price that was paid for freedom. To paraphrase Ronald Reagan, he said this about the American service member that fell on the battlefield. They gave two lives, the life that they had lived and the life that they would never get to live. For those soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, there is no homecoming. They will never witness the miracle of birth of their unborn child. They'll never feel the warm embrace from their spouse or their parents ever again. They don't get to feel the perfect love of their daughter crawling up in their lap or get to read in bedtime stories. There's no future career to be prosperous. There's no satisfaction of buying their home for their family to live in. They've sacrificed so much so that we can enjoy life, and yet we take so much for granted. While this could be a solemn day, and one that should be observed with honor and respect, these heroes paid that price so that we could enjoy life, so that we could live our best life. Air Force General John Tykert gave this moving speech on Memorial Day 2015, and it challenges each one of us. Here is General Tykert. California this year have been absolutely stunning. It lived up to the hype of being a super blue. And those poppies covered fields and they covered hillsides and they even covered the desert floor. But about a century ago, there was another super bloom in Western Europe. And in that case, in the midst of World War One, our soldiers found that poppies grew over the battlefield in the midst of conflict and sometimes over those hastily created gravesides for our fallen. There was a soldier named Lieutenant Colonel John McRae who recognized this phenomenon as a soldier there in the midst of World War I in 1915, and he wrote the following poem. In Flanders fields the poppies blow, between the crosses row on row that mark our place and in the sky, the lark still bravely singing fly, scarce heard amid the guns below. We are the dead, short days ago, we lived, felt dawn, saw sunset glow, loved and were loved and now we lie in Flanders fields. Take up our quarrel with the foe, to you from failing hands we throw, 
the torch be yours to hold it high if ye break faith with those who die. We shall not sleep though poppies grow in Flanders Field. John McRae wrote that with a very distinct and stark challenge from the dead to the living. And the challenge was this, hold high the torch that they have passed to us. Carry on their incredible legacy. 50 years later, General Douglas MacArthur gave what is known as his farewell speech on May 12, 1962, at West Point, his alma mater, the United States Military Academy, and he charged those cadets with something similar to what was described in Flanders Fields, and in part, this is what he said. The long gray line has never failed us. Were you to do so, a million ghosts in olive drab, in brown khaki, in blue and gray, would rise from their white crosses, thundering those magic words, duty, honor, country. General MacArthur described exactly the same thing. It is our responsibility to live up to their legacy, the long gray line, those who have gone on before us and to remember them best, of course, by honoring them by our words, but more importantly, honoring them by our actions, by carrying the torch for them. 50 years prior to Flanders Fields, our President Abraham Lincoln stood on another battlefield, this time on this side of the Atlantic Ocean, in a place known as Gettysburg in Pennsylvania, and he gave a very poignant speech that started out reminding us that words could not consecrate their actions any better than their actions could. And indeed, anything that we say would fall short of what they have already done to consecrate that place, that battlefield, and that cemetery. But then he went on to challenge us with these words, similar to the others. It is for us the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work, which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain. President Lincoln's charge to us is to carry on their unfinished work, to live up to their amazing legacy. What is that legacy? It was described brilliantly by our president in 1944, President Roosevelt. We are a few days away from the 75th anniversary of D-Day. The invasion by Allied forces of mainland Europe on June 6, 1944. And by the end of that day, over 150 Allied troops set foot onto the soil of France to start the cause of liberation in mainland Europe during World War II. That evening, our president on live radio led this nation in prayer. And in part, this is what he said about our legacy. They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for their return to the haven of home.
On a day like today, Memorial Day, and frankly throughout the calendar year, it is absolutely right for us to honor those in places laid to rest like Flanders Field, like Gettysburg, like the beaches of Normandy, like Bakersfield National Cemetery. It is right to remember those fallen. But really, the best thing that we can do to honor those fallen is to live up to the legacy of justice and freedom and liberation and tolerance and goodwill. And the best way that we can serve them and to honor them is to carry on their legacy, to hold their torch high, though poppies grow. That speech and production was taken from the Edwards Air Force Base, United States Air Force, their YouTube channel. You can check that out there. What a powerful message that was. And it makes me question, am I holding that torch high? Am I honoring their service with the life I'm living? And this brings me to my point. I recently saw a statistic that approximately 1% of the American population is serving in the United States military in 2022. And that draws a parallel for us as houndsmen. There aren't very many of us. We are far less than 1% of the United States population. And truth be told, we are only a fraction of a percent of all hunters in the United States and around the world. And yet, 1% is enough when we are dedicated to the cause and we uphold the idea of freedom. Folks, I enjoy my hounds and I enjoy hunting, but I love this country. And more than loving the country, I love the ideas that it was founded upon, inalienable rights that shall not be taken away, and that's what these patriots have bought and paid for, for us to move forward and be the caretakers of those ideas. Houndsmen are a brotherhood, a unique fraternity in the hunting world. We're misrepresented and misunderstood, but we can't be isolated. We can't be on an island. We have a responsibility to our country and to the patriots to stand up for our rights, stand up for our freedoms, be united, to carry that torch forward in honor of the fallen. To press my point home and to help me draw this parallel here that I'm trying to make, I want to take an excerpt from a speech that was given by Dr. Hal Kushner in 2017 at the Vietnam War Memorial. I'm going to read from his biography here. Dr. Kushner entered the Army while a medical student in 1965. He served his internship at Tripler Army Medical Center, the hospital of his birth, uh, from 66 to 67, and received an aviation medical training at Fort Rucker, Alabama, in Pensacola, Florida, before deploying to Vietnam in August 1967 as an Army flight surgeon. So that's who Dr. Kushner is. The thing you need to know about him is that he served five and a half years as a prisoner of war in Vietnam. 
I want to share with you the bond that he developed with his fellow POWs. Here is Dr. Kushner. There were 12 survivors in our camp in the jungle. Three have died. Six were able to come to a banquet that my wife Gail and I hosted just a few months ago in October 2017. David came. There were six men, three white, three black, with their families. Several brought children and grandchildren, so there were 16 of us in all. We had a great banquet in a fancy restaurant in Orlando, and each man, every single man, spoke spontaneously of his love for the others and how we had nurtured and sustained each other and how none of us would have survived if it hadn't been for all of us. In these days of racial division, identity politics, I wish the whole country had seen our banquet. Shakespeare, as usual, has it right. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers. For he that sheds his blood with me this day shall be my brother. And indeed, those, those men, those six men, they are my brothers. And Shakespeare knew about veterans, too. For he says that he that survives this day and comes safe, safe home will stand a tiptoe when this day is named and strip his sleeve and show his scars. We all have scars physical scars, maybe mental ones, but I am so grateful and so fortunate that I was able to make a contribution. And unlike the over 58,000 men and eight women on this wall, I came safe home. We have humble gratitude for their service and their enduring sacrifice. Not just Memorial Day, but every single day that we live. After five and a half years in a POW camp, Dr. Kushner gives a speech of gratitude. He was grateful that he could make a contribution to the effort. And it really makes me do some soul searching and thinking about what am I contributing? What could I be contributing? Am I really sacrificing? Am I making others sacrifice for my freedom? I hope you will allow me to pay honor to America's best. I really wanted to take the opportunity to honor the sacrifices that have been made for us and maybe make us all take pause and think about the sacrifices that have been made for us and our freedoms. And also to generate some thought and provoke some thought in your mind about what you can be contributing, and compared to the sacrifices that have been made, are we really doing as much as we can? Not only to secure the future of hound hunting, this is the Houndsman XP podcast, we talk about that a lot, but I don't want to cheapen the service of these great men and the sacrifices that they made so that we can be free and so that we can live a good life and we can live a better life, but I don't think it goes without us realizing that they did that so that we could live our best life, so that we could honor their sacrifice by carrying that torch forward and finding ways to contribute 
and stand our ground and love our brothers and put aside our differences and come together under a common cause. Well, some may scoff and say, well, Chris, you're talking about hunting and you're talking about freedom. Freedom is freedom. And it's been bought and paid for. And we have the duty to do everything we can to hang on to every freedom we have. There was no matrix put to freedom where they were sitting around thinking, well, I'm willing to die for this freedom, but I don't want to die for this freedom. Uh, it's, it's an idea. It's all an idea of freedom. And ideas and values are eternal. Governments rise and fall, but ideas and values live forever. They live in the hearts and the minds of patriots and the generations that precede them. So on this Memorial Day, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take a moment, a few moments, and reflect on the freedoms that you do have. And then reflect on the price that was paid to ensure that we enjoy those freedoms. And then evaluate where you're at. Are you honoring the sacrifice that has been made for your freedom? Are you carrying the torch forward? Knowing the price that has been paid, what sacrifices and scars are you willing to accumulate to ensure that freedom never dies? I'm going to leave you with this quote from Ronald Reagan, and then we're going to honor the fallen. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same.